Brought to you by Make Fun Network. Welcome to the top five of death. Where listeners vote and everyone dies. Listen and die. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 of Death. I'm here with Fro. Oh, What'd you do? Hit my nose on the microphone. Just now? Just now. Are you okay? I think so. You want to go to the hospital? I would prefer if you kissed it. What? What does not... Okay, what DJ? What do you mean? DJ? DJ's here, by the way. Hi, thank you. More about my nose. What about it? Please. Please what? Kiss it. No. Why? I don't want to. Boo-boo kissing. Yeah, just kiss it. No. <laughs> Whoa. Thank you. Thank you so much. It actually feels. Can't believe you actually did it. This, your saliva has healing powers. Me too, everybody. Anyway, huh? moving on. <laughs> huh? Huh? DJ, what's up? You said that you wouldn't be here. I know. I had my weeks mi- mixed up, so uh, I won't be here next week. Okay, next week he yeah. definitely won't be here. But so, then again, you said that last week, and here you are. I know. Let's see what happens, huh? Eh? Ooh, huh? Guess what? I've already confirmed I definitely won't be here next week. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to be doing the show by yourself. I always think about Mono. it. Have you ever done... No, I have not. No, I have not, but I always think about it. Every time I'm like struggling to find people to do the show, I'm always like, will this be the episode I do entirely by myself? And then I also think about how much time I want to put into it, and do I want to just do an entire episode and voice everyone and just edit it together? Oh, man. <laughs> um, that's a lot of work, but I think it'd be fun. Yeah, I'd listen to that. Sounds like next week's episode. No, I don't think I could do it for that long. If if I'll put it this way. If... You ever see a top five come up on your podcast stream and it's 15 minutes long? I probably did that. <laughs> Pussy. Oh, oh, okay. For what have you been up to? What have I been up to? Yeah. Mm, I've mainly been dealing with hockey. How you- are your allergies? Uh, great today. Yeah. Good. Fantastic. Good. Really good allergies today. <laughs> you hear it? Both nostrils working properly. <laughs> so you said something interesting. You said you're dealing with hockey? Well, what do you mean? Well, like... He just traded two players. Yeah, oh. dude. Uh... It's hard being a GM. Yeah, especially when your friends are involved. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is the time of year where hockey uh, reigns supreme over everything because uh, it's Stanley Cup time and the Bruins are in the Stanley Cup. So yeah. I'm one. How big is that cup? It's pretty big. It's like pretty this. big. Man, yeah. where's that rim shot soundboard? I didn't even pull it up yet. <laughs> It's going to be too hard to have that up if we're going to be... Yeah, we're doing a whole lot of stuff today going on. But yeah, no, NHL... We're doing a lot of of stuff stuff today today going on. on. (laughs) (laughs) NHL Uh, takes precedence. Okay. Right now, so... The President's Cup. President's Cup. DJ, what's new with you? Uh, Wedding planning. Yeah? Yep. Would you... uh, What's the latest thing you've accomplished? Um, A big argument. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Where she wants to have like... uh, a black bro- uh, broom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you just let her have a black broom? I don't know. It, it'd match her cauldron. <laughs> <laughs> a broom. <laughs> I meant to say groom, everybody. Hey, everybody? What's, wrong a, what's wrong with having a black groom? Well, I, I have a problem with my fiance having one because that wouldn't be me. Yeah. Well, unless you did blackface. No, that would be even worse. <laughs> I would love that. You um, look like Michael Jackson in uh, The Wiz. Oh, man. I just saw the movie for the first time uh, a couple weeks ago. Hell yeah. No, you know what? More so, let's have you be the uh, flying monkeys. Oh, yeah. Be all of them. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> I, I flew in here and shit everywhere. 
Sweet Harry Cosby. I thought it was Bill Cosby. Let's yeah. go, Harry Cosby. Harry Cosby. Uh, so go on about your fight. Uh, no, I I just aren't you nibble on her elbow, huh? I just uh, <laughs> uh, I I had a certain vision for what I wanted to wear and uh, what I wanted my groomsmen to wear, mm-hmm. and now it's seeming to clash with what the bridesmaids are gonna wear. Yeah, so, she wants to wear a polka dot. You want to wear stripes? Uh, no, I I wanted to wear like a, a blue tux or blue suit and have floral ties, and then. Yeah. Like I would have a different color tie than the groomsmen, but um, whatever that would be would clash with the bridesmaids. So mm. now it's going to be like uh, we have to choose what the dresses are going to look like, and then I can choose what I'm going to wear. Huh? So you know, just call it off. This is easier. <laughs> wear your tie alone. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're. Uh, I I think I'm going to have. I don't know what I'm having. A wedding? I, sh- I, I think so. I mean, I just. Did some stuff today. I got uh, I got some wedding favors uh, ordered for everybody, so it should be fun. I don't want to say because I'll spoil it, <laughs> bitch. Uh, Fro, what? Say something. <laughs> You're awfully quiet. Well, I'm just listening to you guys. Oh, how are we doing? You guys are doing fantastic. Well, I was just trying to take it all in. I <laughs> wanted to know what his fight was, and I was thinking if I had any sort of argument with uh, my wife at the time <laughs> or fiance at the time, and I can't recall anything that we kind of argued about. Uh, and I was trying to see if you were going to talk about you guys arguing. Um, no. I've already done this whole deal, so it's actually really fun to be on the outside now to oh, watch yeah. you guys have Frills on issues. the outside. Oh, boy. Uh, we're also trying to look for uh, our photographer, too. That's another thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. Be careful with that shit. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Be careful. Or just be smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> we got fucked originally, so then we had to And there's quickly... pictures of this? Uh, no. <laughs> well, and then we have to quickly find another one, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we thought we were doing okay at first, but whatever. I mean, it's all in the past now, but be careful, DJ. Yeah. So, I won last week. I'll do it, if you want. Do what? Take pictures. Oh, I like going to take my death. Uh, I won last week. I won uh, top five flavors. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about me winning um, versus you losing? Uh, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I think I'm okay with it because I had all sweet stuff and you kind of had a little bit of both. That's true. What'd Fro have? I had a little bit of Allergies. <laughs> I, had, I had fruity stuff and I had savory. Yeah? Oh, yeah, you had butter. Yeah. <laughs> butter. 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 Uh, so this week, what I'm going to do is I'm gonna. I want to try a little uh, a little game with the both of you for my um, death here. Great. It's just a very simple fill, fill in the blank. Okay. That's all I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna go on, and then I'm gonna kind of set you up, and you say whatever you whatever it is you need to say or you want to say at that moment. Huh. Okay. Sure. Uh, so we'll go. We'll go DJ first. Uh, so last week DJ was busy eating a sandwich. Eating a sandwich that he prepared himself, and he was so proud of the sandwich. He said to himself, "This is such a good sandwich." He then went to the bathroom and looked at himself in the mirror where he proclaimed, I'm the greatest sandwich maker this side of the Mississippi. (laughs) That's right. However, just on the other side of the Mississippi was a rival DJ. Actually, no. It was a JD. We'll go JD. (laughs) It's a mirror image on the other side of Mississippi. (laughs) Uh, JD thought he was the fairest sandwich sandwich maker of them all. But DJ said... No, you're not. To JD said, uh-huh. uh-huh. This went on for... 20 minutes. 20 minutes. 
DJ grew tired and he said, you know what? I don't care. I don't need to be the greatest sandwich maker because I have a lot of accomplishments in my life. I have a, a, I'm known for a lot of things like... Playing basketball. And... Uh, bouncing a basketball. And... <laughs> throwing a baseball. And... Eating a football. Just then, he choked while eating a football and died. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. It's a good thing that I said that. Otherwise, you wouldn't have had uh, your story wouldn't have made sense. <laughs> but it did. <laughs> are, are we done? <laughs> Is it still going? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Said DJ. Yeah. The end. There, it's over. <laughs> uh, all right. So then, uh, so Fro, Fro, um, Fro went home and realized that his wife was pregnant. Pregnant. <laughs> Fro said, "Ah, oh, shit." Actually, hold on. Fro said. <laughs> Ah, shit! <laughs> Identical. Um, but Fro was actually very uh, excited to have a uh, a baby, and Fro congratulated his wife on the, pre- <laughs> on the pregnancy <laughs> and uh, offered her this impass- impassioned speech, which went like this. Hey, good job, lady, for keeping sperm in your vagina. Jesus Whoa. Christ. What? Uh, Lindley uh, smirked and walked away. Uh, Fro, realizing he had another mouth to feed, decided he needed a second job. So he wanted to become a uh, scuba diving instructor. But he had no experience. So he decided to roll in scuba diving school. He went to the school on the first day. and we, People were going around introducing themselves. And Fro introduced himself as Mr. Scoobs. Uh, to which the instructor said, I'm Mr. Scoobs. <laughs> and Fro said, that can't be true because my license says Mr. Scoobs. Fro went to great lengths to change his name to Mr. Scoobs, including going through all of the documentation necessary to make it legal. Now, with two Mr. Scoobs in the picture, the students didn't know who to listen to. A fight broke out. Fro won, and now he had accomplished his goal of becoming a scuba instructor, to which he had no experience doing so because he never actually took the class. Fro gave the commencement at the scuba uh, graduation, and he said to all his scuba students, Let's go take a dive, baby. Uh, and Fro jumped in the water with them, where he sank like a rock. Like a rock. Was playing on his iPod <laughs> as he died underwater. Lindley, however, gave birth to a... Uh, white fetus. <laughs> a white fetus. It was uh, pre. It was uh, <laughs> miscarried, and uh, it was terrible, and we all feel bad. <laughs> I meant to say baby, but fetus works. <laughs> Yikes. You meant to say baby and said fetus? Well, in my head, fetus is still kind of like a baby, but oh my God. I used the wrong term. Let's go for a dive, fetus. <laughs> Welcome to the show, fetus. <laughs> uh, anyway. Remember that band, Weedus? Yeah, they had one song. Yeah. Teenage Shirtbag, right? Sure Shirtbag? Shirtbag? Shirt <laughs> hey, I'm doing laundry today. Cheese bag. <laughs> Oh, you can't save it. You said shirt bag. <laughs> I'm so I'm having a rough day. I don't know why. <laughs> hey, oh, hey, hey, you don't take my shtick. And I took that from <laughs> Ed McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> they stole that joke from me. Hey, you got Steve Allen on line one. Uh, don't call him back. <laughs> uh, DJ, this was your pick. Why don't you tell us what we're talking about today? Uh, we're talking about uh, our favorite movie monologues. Oh, boy. You're a big movie guy, so yeah, this should be interesting. I like them a good deal. You do. Mm-hmm. So are there any um, like uh, parameters for what is and is not a monologue? Uh, I was thinking about this earlier, uh, but I don't think so. I think it's just uh, <laughs> enough sentences 
said in a row by one character. Yeah, say technically it's one person speaking. <laughs> yeah. But somebody's chiming in on some of mine. Yeah. But they're not really fully engaged. They're kind of producing this person to say more. Yeah, I suppose if you take uh, the other character, what they're saying, out, and it still uh, can stand on its own, it counts as a monologue. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Okay, uh, so with that being said, uh, you want to kick us off? Uh, sure. Uh, so are we? How are we going about this? Are we? Are you going to try and find clips? Yeah, you just okay. you just announce yeah. it. I'll write it down, and All then right. I'll find the clip. We can listen to it for a quick sec. Okay. Uh, my number five is uh, Doctor Loomis's speech uh, from Halloween. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, just give me like ten minutes here. Yeah, let me uh, fire up the old uh, homophone here. Do you know which one I'm talking about, Matt? Uh, I. I believe so. When he's talking about Mike Myers, yeah, Mike Myers, yeah, baby, <laughs> Michael yeah. Myers, Michael Myers, yeah. <laughs> I call listen. He's Mike to me. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, Mike just, Myers. It's basically him talking to um, oh, what's his name, Sheriff Brackett, about uh, how like his whole history with Michael Myers. Right. This is a pretty short scene. Is this the right one? That I picked. Yeah. yeah, it is. All right. So anyway, um, which is this from the first? Um, yes, Halloween. Halloween, the original. Yeah. 1978. 1978. All right, yeah, we can we can actually listen to this whole thing. It's only a minute 12. Cool. All right. You got sound up? I sure do. I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. What do we do? He's been here once tonight. I think he'll come back. I'm going to wait for him. I still think I should notify the radiator. And that was it. Yeah. I still think I should notify the radiator. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. Um, but yeah, I love that speech. This is probably my favorite movie of all time. The is this the original ha it is, the Halloween? Yeah. yeah. I bet. I've never seen it. So. Yeah. Um, this and the Friday the 13th franchise are my two favorites. Uh, I would give an entire franchise, like I would give that to Friday the 13th, but individual movie, this is... Uh, would you best. give it to Friday the 13th only because they had that uh, like departure with three, so it's kind of hard to kind of wrap them all together? Um, Kind of. I mean, there's uh, certain sections can be like broken up into its own like phases, I guess, like yeah. one to four and then uh, five to eight and then nine to 12. Um. But I mean, I I know that there's a lot of like terrible movies in the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, and the, the same could be said about Halloween. But uh, it's really about all of them. Yeah, I, I think it's just um, I share uh, like a bond with my friend Jared over these movies, and you and I both love uh, the Friday the Thirteenth. Right, franchise. and as a Friday the Thirteenth, the the reason I ask is because like as a Friday the Thirteenth, I mean, even I'll say this, I mean, they're great. I love them. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they're a bit kind of formulaic yeah. <laughs> like one right after the other you know what I mean yeah um but i think halloween had a like a little bit more like uh substance character development as far as like from an outside film uh, criticism oh yeah yeah i agree with that 
Um, but I love me some Jason Voorhees. You know what I'm saying, brother? <laughs> but uh, this, this monologue uh, is great because Donald Pleasance is such a good actor. Um, and I also love uh, the the music coming in about halfway through. And uh, like that music is mm. th- the best music in cinematic history. It's very iconic. Yeah. That's a good pick. That's a good number five. What do you think, Fro? Uh, I don't know enough about it. That's really, I mean, scary. All right. <laughs> Uh, all right, Fro, what's your number five? <laughs> Sorry, I don't have I much I mean, to scary. Next. Uh, <laughs> uh, so my number five is... I wish I got the... Never heard of it. Yes. Uh, it is actually uh, Christian Bale in American Psycho and his spiel on Huey Lewis. Uh, all right. What a... What a... Oh, American Psycho? Yeah, what about it? Oh, uh, I just mean, I'm a huge Louis... Louis... <laughs> You know what? I'll see you boys later. Bye. I'll pick up where you left off. Thank you Guzman fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? That's my <laughs> nice. Louise Guzman. <laughs> Unmistakable. Yes. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Huey Lewis, so it's really awesome to me to hear somebody break down Huey Lewis. And then uh, as he's going off on it, uh, uh, Patrick Bateman, I believe is the character's name. Yes. Patrick. Uh, he is getting ready to kill Jared Leto's character uh, and he's fucking so enthusiastic about his approach to the history of Huey Lewis. Uh, Hold on. Jared Leto's the other person in the scene? Yeah. yeah. So a Batman and a Joker are in the same... same uh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he brutally murders uh, Jared Leto's character and it's a, it's a really nice segue into him going crazy. Yeah, I think in this scene he says this is for Suicide Squad, right? <laughs> You'll do something terrible. Actually, I like him as a Joker, but you know. But yeah, but you know, I enjoy I enjoy his uh his spiel. All right, so we want to take a, a little gander. Will. Sure, here we go. So this is a uh, coming to you live from my YouTube account. It's a uh, an American Psycho by the Misfits. <laughs> you like Huey Lewis on the news? They're okay. Their early work was a little too new wave for my taste. But when sports came out in 83, I think they really came into their own, commercially and artistically. The whole album has a clear, crisp sound and a new sheen of consummate professionalism that really gives the songs a big boost. (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me of somebody. He's been compared to Elvis Costello, but I think Huey has a far more bitter, cynical sense of humor. This is Ace Ventura. I know, this is exactly what it feels like. Yes, Alan? Why are the copies of the style section all over the place? Do you have a dog? A little chow or something? (laughs) No, Alan. Is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. (laughs) In 87, Huey released this. Four, their most accomplished album. I think their undisputed masterpiece is Hip to Be Square. This is our, so this is so funny. So then he goes on and he kills him. But um, that's very funny. Yeah, I I, for, I haven't seen this movie in probably like 15 years, and I don't remember it being uh, that, that kind of that like goofy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's like really this scene is where he gets very goofy. Uh, he, I mean, he gets so animated about talking about uh, Phil Collins as well 
Yeah. Um, like when he talks about these two albums, he gets really animated and it's very over the top, but he gets like wonky when he talks about Huey Lewis. Yeah. Like there's memes about this scene uh, because of his weird little fucking dance that he does. Yeah. And like you said, it's it's like Ace Ventura. It might yeah. as well be Jim Carrey in the scene. Yeah. If I close my eyes and just listen to it, I I would have thought it was a deleted scene from yeah. Ace Ventura. It, it's the inflection, the way he talks in it. Uh, he's very... He's not the normal calm demeanor of himself, and it's very wacky. Yeah. Um, but we kind of we phased out of it. But where he then turns into the fucking maniac, uh, where he starts killing Jared Leto is like I think the, that segue is such a a good transition. Um, but I mean, this movie is awesome. I mean, I could have gone with the fucking. Well, I'm not gonna talk about any others just in case. I haven't. Um, I haven't seen this movie in such a long, <clears throat> long time. Yeah, it's it, been a while since I've watched it, but I've always it, this shit's always kind of stuck with me. Uh, and then I appreciated it more as I fell more in love with Huey Lewis. It's weird that the guy in this scene is the same guy who flipped out on the the lighting crew, <laughs> like in uh, the Terminator movie. Yeah, I know. That was great. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Good number five. My number five is from a little movie called Jaws. Whoa. Whoa, baby. Anyone take a guess? Uh, You're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, no. It's yeah, a, just that one line. <laughs> yeah. One. That's it. Uh, uh, Quint, right? When right. he's talking about the... Um, I forget. I've seen this movie a fucking The Indianapolis. Times. Yes. Uh, but yeah, this is a great... Uh, this is a great little clip here. Uh, it, it's essentially um, uh, Quint talking about his run-in uh, last time with Jaws, right? Yes. Yeah. That's substantially. Obs- oh, I got. Why do I use that word? I don't even know how to say it right. Um, <laughs> but it's a great. It's a great speech. And one of my favorite things about this is like a, a little like personal memory for me. But my my sister's old um, old boyfriend uh, that I kind of grew up with almost as like my older brother like knew this speech front to back, and he would just get like drunk and just like just do the speech. Do the speech. Like, and it's not a short scene yeah <laughs> it's like four minutes long and he did the whole thing oh it, that sounds terrible <laughs> like, <laughs> having to sit through someone like, i don't know i thought it was funny at the time <laughs> yeah well it's not matt okay you're putting everyone in an awkward position by <laughs> oh, okay i'll stop it's coming back <laughs> the island of tinian delady just delivered the bum bum shima bum 1100 men went into the water Vessel went down in 12 minutes. Didn't see the first shark for about half an hour. Tiger, 13-footer, you know. You know that when you're in the water, Chief. You tell by looking from the dorsal to the tail. Idiot. <laughs> well, we didn't know. Oh, sorry. <laughs> our bomb mission had been so secret. No distress signal had been sent. <laughs> He's essentially a pirate. Yeah. Where's he supposed to be from? Yep. They didn't even list his overdue for a week. I don't know. I was sure if it's like mentioned in the Very movie. Very first line, place. Chief. Sharks come cruising. You know, I can't so place the accent. We ourselves into tight groups. Sounds like Philly, but they said with ways of booter. I think it's kind of like old squares in a battle. Like you see in a calendar, like the Battle of Waterloo, and the idea was... You can barely understand what he said. the nearest <laughs> man, that man, he started pounding and hollering and actually, screaming. Thinking back about it, I don't think he actually away. knew the speech. I think he was just drunk slurring words. <laughs> he probably doesn't even like the movie. <laughs> Sometimes that shark, he looks right into you, right into your eyes. You know the thing about a shark, he's got 
lifeless eyes. Black eyes, like a doll's eyes. Like a what eyes? When he comes out, oh, a doll. doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white and then... Oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. Hell is he talking about? <laughs> he didn't uh, know they were filming that. Yeah, he was just talking about the story from how he got there. <laughs> uh, but the the speech is really, really awesome. The monologue's very... um Because the thing about like uh, a movie like Jaws is the, the main antagonist, the shark, has no... doesn't. I mean, it doesn't talk, obviously. It can't... It can't set up anything for itself, right? Yeah. So it's really got to kind of all that tension and suspense kind of has to come from like the folklore of the character. Um, because other than that, every time Jaws is there, it's in like a, he's like attacking. It's like a climactic action scene of some kind. Um, there's nothing else to kind of go around and fill the movie or, or like build up the suspense or kind of like uh, build the threat to what Jaws actually actually is. Uh, and this scene does an awesome job of that. And it's just like. Even just now, I was having like a hard time turning it off because I'm just like kind of like pulled into it. Uh, but I think that's what I like about it the most is just the uh, just this guy going off, and then of course um, Brody just uh, sitting there with his you know Steve his, his Steve Jobs costume on. <laughs> it looks just like a floating head. It looks like that uh, that scene in The Exorcist where it just flashes the devil's face. Oh yeah, Pazuzu, sick. Pazuzu, <laughs> All right, number four, DJ. Uh, my number four is the, uh, I think it's called the Screen Actors Guild speech from Team America, World Police. <laughs> oh my God. I don't even know what this is, but I'm excited about oh, okay. it. Tell uh, me about it. Um, this movie's so fucking funny. Uh, from what I remember, it's the main <laughs> character sitting at a bar and this drunk guy is explaining to him like how the world works. Um, I don't want to give away too much or also butcher it. So it, it's got to be a... Uh, um, Team America. Yeah, Team America. Uh, I guess speech, like monologue or speech. I guess I don't know. Try a dick monologue. <laughs> I sure will. Yeah, three three types of people. Philosophy. This yeah. one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you already laughing, bro. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this movie's so funny. How funny is it? So funny. Great. A giggle. A gaggle. A giggle and a gaggle. It is very funny. What would you So the yeah, the main character right now is just getting drunk at a bar. What would you Hey, weren't you the actor in that Broadway show? Hey, yeah, it is you. Do that scene where everyone gets AIDS. <laughs> I don't act anymore. I gave that up. Oh, come on, man. Just a scene. I said get away from me! <laughs> I'm Tra- completely lost! Trey Parker's voice also cracks bottom. me up. Yeah, I easy, love those guys. Easy, easy. Oh, you gotta calm it. down there, Chuck. I hurt people. I'm a dick. Well, being a dickhead so bad. See, there's three kinds of people. Dicks, pussies, and assholes. Pussies think everyone can get along, and dicks just want to fuck all the time without thinking it through. But then you got your assholes, Chuck. And all the assholes want us to shit all over everything. So pussies may get mad at dicks once in a while because pussies get fucked by dicks. <laughs> but dicks also fuck assholes, Chuck. And if they didn't fuck the assholes, you know what you'd get? You'd get your dick and your pussy all covered in shit. <laughs> all right, that does it. Get out of here, you drunk lowlife. Holy shit. Oh, uh, that's great. Dude. 
I don't even care. I want you to win solely for this fucking pick. <laughs> it's a it's a great monologue. This whole scene is so funny too. Holy then fuck. he he goes out into the alley and throws up like forever. Yeah. <laughs> it takes so fucking long. And then uh, th- there's just some random woman in her apartment building uh, in that alley, and she's like, "Get out of the street, you fucking bum!" <laughs> it yeah. fucking kills me. It's so funny. I, I was listening to um, uh, you made it weird with Pete Holmes a couple of years ago and Nick Swartzen was on and at the end of every episode, Pete Holmes asked, you know, mm-hmm. you know, what's the hardest you've ever laughed? And uh, Nick Swartzen said that um, the hardest he ever laughed was uh, this scene where uh, the main character is like, throwing up everywhere. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. What was your day? But, like this movie is unstoppably funny. It's so funny. It's just uh, thinking back on it now when, uh, He's driving on his motorcycle on the road, and it's like a regular sized road. Like it's all uh, <laughs> yeah. marionette puppets. I wish they did something uh, something else again. That's not South Park. I think yeah. they're overdue, to be honest. Like yeah. I, I, I've, and I don't know. They're just such like uh, comedic, creative geniuses that I would assume that they are also aware that they're overdue. I, I yeah. don't know. I would well, imagine something coming down the pike. They have Book of Mormon, but I want them to turn that into a movie. And I, want, I don't know anything about Book of Mormon. It's really good. I don't want them to turn it into a movie because I've already seen the show. I want something new. Yeah, but I, I want I want that as a movie with uh, Trey Parker as the main character. Ah. I, I mean, yeah, but I also want like a new movie. <laughs> See, like, I would love another animated thing that's not South Park. Yeah. Like a different medium. Because yeah. I, I think it's great that they went to the, the marionette thing and they did the Thunderbirds thing. Yeah. Like if they did, I don't know, any other sort of animation, claymation. I'd like a live action one because I think they're both <laughs> really great actors. No, I mean, that's that's also like basketball is so fucking funny. Basketball and Orgasmo are both hilarious. <sighs> so funny. What would you damn? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> uh, Fro, what's your number four? I don't even care anymore. <laughs> All right. Uh, no. Uh, so my number four, <clears throat> uh, this is coming from The Dark Knight. Ooh. This one is The Joker's. There's so many fucking good things from this movie. I know, yeah. Uh, but this is one of my favorites. Uh, it is The Joker when he's meeting up with Harvey Dent in the hospital and as Agents of Chaos. Uh, <laughs> speech monologue uh, where he he's talking about how you know chaos exists in the world and or you need you want to introduce chaos because that's really the best way that the world should be mm-hmm. um and like every i was re-watching i pretty much rewatched uh the dark knight solely through joker scenes uh this morning oh cool because i needed to like pinpoint which one because i had a hard oh, time yeah. grabbing which one because I knew something was going to be on this list. Um, <clears throat> but this was always the one that I loved. Just so, uh, just the beginning of this, uh, where it starts off with him in the shitty fucking wig, yeah. and him looking at Harvey Dent, and he's like, hi. Oh my god, that was hi. so funny. I also love how uh, Harvey Dent doesn't know who it is until he takes the, yeah. the surgeon's mask off. Right. <laughs> he's like covered in the clown makeup and... Uh, it's unmistakable who he is, and, <laughs> and then he takes the thing off, and then Harvey tries to attack him, but he's Rachel, like, yeah, yeah. Rachel. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this this scene is. I mean, I wanted to just put the Joker, yeah, hands down. But uh, this is my personal favorite one. All right. Um. So yeah, let her rip. What I do best. I took your little plan. And I turned it on itself. Look what I did to this city with a few drums of gas and a couple of bullets. Hmm? You, you know what I noticed? Nobody panics when things go according to plan. 
even if the plan is horrifying. If tomorrow I tell the press that like a gangbanger will get shot, or a truckload of soldiers will be blowing up, nobody panics, because it's all part of the plan. But when I say that one little old mare will die, well then everyone loses their minds. Introduce a little anarchy. Ah, oh, it's too good. Upset the established <laughs> order, and everything becomes chaos. I'm an agent of chaos. Oh, and you know the thing about chaos? It's fear. God, he's great. Holy, oh my God. I, I, like, hands down, the greatest character to ever grace film ever can't handle it i can't it sucks it's, it's i i hate the fact that he's dead yeah it drives me nuts because i liked heath ledger leading up to this yep <clears throat> but after this i would watch any fucking movie that he would put out after this i don't give a fuck what it is he could put out geely 2 mm. and i'm like on it yeah <laughs> i am sold i uh i was in complete denial after i saw the dark knight he died before the movie came out. Right. So, right. like, I was like, oh, that sucks. Like, that's such a bummer. You know, he was such a young guy. Um, right. But then after seeing the movie, I'm like, he can't be dead. It's got to be part of, like, like part of, like, I the, also thought I, that. I still say, he's like, it's a pretty decent chance he might come back for this. I, I was in the deepest conspiracy theory rabbit hole, <laughs> like, on reasons why he would be faking his death. And... I, I wish I could remember like one of them I remember was like a um a card game that involved like the Joker card uh turning face up in the game or whatever and like oh he, like he's dead quote unquote and, but then he's going to be face up like in the new movie it was just like I was in total denial. He's coming back for the new Robert Pattinson Batman movie. Yeah, I know. everybody shit on him as the Joker. It's like nobody wants Robert Pattinson as Batman. Yeah. He's going to be the one in this movie and he's going to make that movie so good that people are going to love Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Watching that clip just took me back to the first time I saw it in, like, IMAX. Dude, like, there's too many fucking scenes to, like, pull from. I know, and the Hans Zimmer score in the background, it just, building the tension, oh my god, what a gift that movie was. This movie, like, I know this is the movie that you've, like, it's gonna be in the AFI uh yeah list of movies, I forget exactly what that is. Yeah, they didn't update it, but it has to be if they they do, you know? Like... This was legitimately nominated for Oscars, mm-hmm. and it had every reason to be. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Avengers, uh, Infinity War, Endgame. I might argue Endgame, maybe. But, like, those ones, not necessarily. Just because of how much money they made doesn't necessarily mean that they should be out there. Right. This movie is an actual fucking masterpiece. And I will circle jerk the hell out of that. Like, <laughs> I stand by this. This is the best movie of all time. Yeah. Hands down. It's so fucking good. You're here. here. He's too fucking good. How good is he? Too fucking good. <laughs> Everything he does in this movie is just like perfect. Yeah. And I could talk about it forever. I'm not going to, but the fucking lip smacks. Oh, yeah. Ugh. When he did that for the first time, I was like, that's weird. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> it's such a fucking small little nuanced character trait that you do throughout the movie. Yeah. I think that was something that actually he was doing in real life because that's how the makeup made him act. Oh, really? Yeah. Thing, but it, it works it, so wor- well it just makes character. it seem like his fucking psyche is even there more yeah uh, yeah i'm making fart noises on my forehead yeah it's nice, uh, dude. unprecedented <laughs> what's your take matt 
On what? You didn't say anything about this, and well, this is like your favorite movie. I know. Well, what am I supposed to say? No one's saying anything for me to argue with, and if I'm not arguing, what the fuck do I have to do? You can add more to it. <laughs> nah, fuck that. <laughs> you already said everything I wanted to say. No, it's great. It's a. It's a. I mean, I. I am right there with you though, DJ, on that rabbit hole thing. I yeah. would get into arguments with people because I was like, "This is how they're gonna end it." Watch, ready? Um, I was sure as shit. I was like. You couldn't talk me out of the idea <laughs> that the Dark Knight Rises wasn't going to end with like, uh, um, um, because at this point we just had the uh, like the cutscene with um, with the Avengers and stuff. So like, uh, not the cutscene, but like the Stinger. Yep. So Stinger was like really like the hot button thing at this point. So I was convinced that there was going to be a Stinger at the end of Dark Knight Rises, um, and it was going to be a, just a shot of Arkham Asylum. And it's gonna, the, the camera's going to just pan into, you know, from the outside, it's going to pan into Arkham Asylum and go down. And it's going to be like chaos and it's going to be like bodies everywhere or something. And it's just going to go up to like uh, a specific cell door and the door is going to be like, you know, broken open. And it's going to go to the tag on the door and it's just going to say Joker on it. And I was like convinced that that was going to be the scene that was going to be the stinger to be like, hey, he's not dead or whatever. Yeah. Uh, obviously it never happened yet yet you're still, you're still yet. i'm still hoping for it yeah <laughs> yeah long con everybody it's a long con but it's it's amazing that's that's yeah. all there is to it there's got to be footage of uh, like unused footage somewhere yeah probably all right my number four my number four my number four is the opening scene uh from inglorious bastards uh mm. with the jewel hunter this fucking scene is <laughs> tense as hell yeah th- th- that's why i wanted to, that's why i picked it um the first time i didn't so it's it's a remake correct Right. Uh, yeah. Um, I didn't know anything about the original at all. But is it like it's not a straight remake? It's pretty. No. It's this is it's, a far steered off path. Yeah, right? I think it's taking the idea from the original, and uh, Quentin Tarantino is doing his own thing with it. Yeah, because I think just the original Glorious Bastards just was a World War Two troop. In, yeah, not in Nazi Germany. Right. Right. Um, but this is the opening scene to Inglorious Bastards, and um. God, I can't. I can't remember his character's name. What is his name? Oh, it's Colonel Hans Landa. Yeah, Hans Landa. Um, he is. He works. He's a member of the Nazis. He essentially goes to this village house, and that he knows that there are Jews being hidden there. Um, and the whole thing is him talking to this, you know, local farmer who has his own family and stuff to look out for, and he just so. Like, I don't know how to like describe. Well, he doesn't allude that he's there for that originally. No, he gets in the door by just saying like, you know, just random check. Everything's cool. Just one, you know, no, probably no big deal. And the guy tells him is like, we've already been checked. So like, that's cool. And then he starts equating it to animals. They get to think like an animal. Right. They were, mm-hmm. they did a bad job searching. Right. But I got to think like how a hawk would. Oh, you're going to look in the attic. No, you got to think like a rat. And it's then he just scares the fuck out of him and then right goes from there the entire time being very like polite and nice and talking about like the farmer's milk and how much like yeah it, but it's that milk looked delicious it, too. It, it honestly i was like you know what i can go for some milk right yeah. now even the uh when he's eating a dessert later on in the movie i'm like oh man that shit looks really good it's like <laughs> some french dessert or mm, whatever. yummy yeah. uh famous right. movie line <laughs> <laughs> uh but this is uh some uh you know a, a bit from it here it is I have no interest in such things. But you're aware of what they call me. I'm aware. 
What are you aware of? Every scene we pick is terrible for radio. I think the, what you want is probably more towards the end. I understand your trepidation in repeating it. Heidrich apparently hates the moniker the good people of Prague have bestowed on him. Actually, why he would hate the name the hangman's baffling to me. It would appear he's done everything in his power to earn it. I, on the other hand, love my unofficial title precisely because I've earned it. The feature that makes me such an effective hunter of the Jews is, as opposed to most German soldiers, I can think like a Jew, where they can only think like a German. <laughs> More precisely, a German soldier. <laughs> God, it's so weird. Um, but the whole the whole thing is that there's a family of, you know, Jewish people living, not living, but they're under the floorboards of where they are. And the silent, and like they have to be quiet and they can hear everything, but they can't understand English, and it's just insane. Um, but as far as like a, a scene that creates an amazing amount of tension right out the gate, um, and, to, and also to be fair, that tension never kind of comes back in that film. Like it's it, it's almost like a an unfair representation of like the the movie you're about to watch. I, <laughs> it's not fully true. I disagree. I think the every, Michael Fassbender scene. Absolutely. Maybe I don't remember. That. He finds out he he blows his cover that he's a spy. And you pick up on it. That's true. Yeah. And, and you're the, just like, the, the, the number three, yeah. the way you do that. And also, anytime that um, Christoph Waltz is on screen is tension. <clears throat> when when yeah. they go to... All right, I'm wrong. The Nazi premiere party. And uh, th- he basically knows that... And what a party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If there's any group of people that know how to party... It's the Nazis. Yeah. Hey, you said it, not me. But yeah, yeah when he, he knows that their Italian accents are shit. Yeah, he basically like just tricks people into admitting, you know, he backs them into a corner and they can't find a way out. Guillermo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what he says. Gorlami. Yeah, Gorlami. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> again, or whatever yeah, yeah. Italian. <laughs> and it's just like shit. And then the one dude does it really well. Yeah. Dominic de Coco. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> again, Dominic de Coco. And he's like, good for you. You said it right. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, and, um, Bridget von Hammersmark, when he's basically like backing her into a corner uh, just like asking her questions about how she hurt her foot and she's, you know, is lying about going mountain climbing and all this shit yeah. or like going skiing. And then uh, he, he, he just like he figures so, everybody out yeah. so fast and they're trying their damn to be like, no, yeah, exactly. Nuh-uh. <laughs> no. And you as the viewer are just trying not to root for him. But yeah. Like you can't help but watch him like <laughs> fucking make fools of these people. People love to see somebody good at something be good at that thing. Even yeah. if it's this. <laughs> yeah. I need to rewatch Inglourious Bastards. I feel like it doesn't get the normal Quentin Tarantino praise like other it, movies. It's honestly my favorite Tarantino movie. Yeah. It's probably my top five favorite movies ever. I fucking ever. love Tarantino. Well, yeah. take that then, Fro. I can't wait for the next one. Uh, yeah. Oh, I heard that. It, uh, I think he said recently that it's the most like Pulp Fiction that he's done in like, since yeah, Pulp Fiction. Dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. DJ number three? Uh, my number three is from MacGruber. Okay. <laughs> um and I, I don't know how you would search it in YouTube, but it's basically his uh, speech about, like, I think somebody asked him uh, why his uh, nemesis hates him. Um, and then he explains the story behind it. Uh, uh-huh. But his, uh, his nemesis is played by Val Kilmer, and his, uh, his name is Dieter von Kunth. Um, oh, yeah. Why'd Kunth kill your wife? That's, that's it right there. Oh, with Ryan Phillippe? Yeah, he's uh, the sidekick, <laughs> more or less. 
Um, cool. Yeah, I just listened to um, a new Chris Jericho's newest book. Um, What's the matter? You couldn't read it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. I'm going to pull the soundboard up right now. <laughs> um, but he talks about the, uh, the the scene that he did with, uh, with Will Forte. Oh, that's awesome. And um, he, what was it? He... Oh yeah, there's a ton of wrestlers in this. Yeah, I forgot about that. It, he improved like the whole thing. So like this, he only had one original line in that scene he has with them. Jericho improved it, or yeah. uh, Forte. Jericho improved it, and Jericho like in his book references like his work with like the Groundlings quite a bit. And I was just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, they have a really funny back and forth in the first time you see them interacting. All right, uh, but this is a clip from it. Kanth, <laughs> very <Yeah>. fun. <laughs> Why did he do it? Why did Kampf kill your wife? To this day, I have no idea. We actually all went to college together. He's talking Believe it or not, we were very close friends. After graduation, uh, he got engaged to her. <laughs> he asked me to be his best man. And right about that time, I started banging her and mowing her box. She was actually the first person I felt comfortable enough around to uh, let eat out my butt. <laughs> anyway, shortly thereafter, uh, she left him for me. She was actually carrying his child at the time. I asked her to terminate it, obviously, <laughs> so we could start fresh. And she agreed. Uh, we were so in love. <laughs> He took that from me. It's <laughs> really fucked up. <laughs> Thanks. God, that's so funny. I know. <laughs> it's so absurd. Like, just him asking, like, why did Kunth kill your wife? And he's like, I have no idea. And then he goes on that whole fucking speech about being, like, the shittiest person on the planet. That's so funny. Yeah. <clears throat> Will Forte is so fucking funny. I do love, love Will Forte. Have you seen I Think You Should Leave? Um. Yes. Not all of it, though. Okay, th- there's a sketch that he does that's uh, really funny. I can't wait to get to that one. Uh, how far along are you? Oh, I'm not far because Lindley will not watch the show. It is so fucking funny. I, I just. Well, you need her to watch it. No, but I just you, I'm with her all the time, so I haven't found my free time to watch it on my own. Jesus Did you see Christ. the one where they they're in a, a pitch meeting for cars? Not yet. All right, uh, that's my favorite one, and I, I don't want to ruin it for you, but it I, fucking, uh, it makes I'll, me cry laugh. I'll get on it so we can talk about it next time. Okay. All right. Uh, Fro number three. My number three uh, is well, we already mentioned uh, this person and the movie. Um, it is from Pulp Fiction. Oh, cool. It is Samuel Jackson's path. Uh, path of righteousness. Path of a righteous man. Sorry. Um, his speech. About Marsalis Wallace and the ensuing antics, I suppose <laughs> you could call it. I is this improved? I have no idea. I can't remember if it was uh, improvised or if uh, the, Tar- Tarantino made it up. Or um, <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if the like the what shit that the what scene is it yeah. this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bible verse. Yeah. I've never uh, seen this movie. You have what? not seen this movie. What the fuck is I, wrong with you? I hate to be the kind of person like, oh, you haven't seen that movie? But Jesus Christ, man. Pulp Fiction is a fucking movie you need to see. I've only seen one scene, and it's the one um, with um, Woody Harrelson. I think it's Woody Harrelson. Jesus Christ, I didn't remember that part. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's not in it. Maybe it's, uh, I don't it's, think Woody it's, Harrelson's it's, in it. 
who's the one that talks about the wristwatch? That's Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Very different Woody person Harrelson. than Woody Harrelson. <laughs> but they're both white men. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I wouldn't confuse Woody Harrelson for John Panette, I can tell you that much. <laughs> John Panette? Yeah. Deep cut. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I'm hungry! <laughs> I'm hungry! But no, nice. uh, I implore you, Matt, to see Pulp Fiction. <laughs> You what? Are you okay? I choked on my own tongue. <laughs> See it? Can't even say it. <laughs> Pulp. <laughs> so, I didn't mean to choke you in the middle of that uh, sentence. Right? Yeah, sorry. Oof, my, my windbox. Uh, windbox? <laughs> I think that's a term, right? What are you a robot? <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, no. You got to see this movie. This is like I think this is the scene. All right, I'll watch it. Here we go. Personally, but yes. Look, and you got to play the whole thing. The whole I'm thing. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I didn't get your name. I got yours, uh, Vincent. Right? But but I, I never got your name. My name's Pitt. And your ass ain't talking your way out of this shit. No, no, no. I just want you to know how... Oh, this... <sighs> yeah. This is the best Samuel L. Jackson thing ever. I just want you to know how sorry we are. Thing that, ever. That things yeah. got so fucked up with us and, and Mr. Wallace. It, 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 we, we got into this thing with the best intentions, really. I never... Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? I didn't mean to do that. Please, continue. You were saying something about best intentions? What's the matter? Oh, you were finished? Oh, well, allow me to retort. What does Marcellus Wallace look like? What? What country are you from? What? What? what ain't no country I ever heard of? They speak English in what? <laughs> what? English, motherfucker! Do you speak it? Yes! Then you know what I'm saying. Yes. Describe what Marcellus Wallace looks like. What? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. He's black. Go on. He's bald. Does he look like a bitch? What? Does he look like a bitch? No! Then why you try to fuck him like a bitch, Brent? <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. This is Brent. the most Samuel Jackson thing be. ever. Yeah, absolutely. My Sarah Wallace don't like to be fucked by anybody except Mrs. Wallace. You read the Bible, Brent? Yes. Well, there's this passage I got memorized. Sort of fits this occasion. Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. <laughs> Woo! Oof. And so on and so forth. So he does a speech. You've definitely heard. Yeah. You, there's no way that you've gone this far in your life and I, haven't heard this. I've heard a, a, it referenced. <laughs> Let's say what again thing I get. I remember that from something. Uh, this movie, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's only second to his speech in Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> yeah, that I almost thought about putting that on there. Uh, my favorite part about that is he's doing that speech, and I remember watching it live, and I'm like, I just watched something happened. Like you can see the CGI kick in. <laughs> oh yeah, and then it's like, wham! This then, huge uh, shark grabs him. Yeah. Uh. Cool beans. Matt, watch Pulp Fiction. You're fucking doing yourself a total disservice by not seeing it. All right, I'll watch it. Jeez Louise. You make it seem like I haven't seen, I don't know. Gone with the Wind. 
I don't know. I haven't seen Gotham. Problem Island. Child. I you know what? I, I don't, Problem I don't Child. Give a damn. <laughs> uh, so my number three is also from the joke. The Joker. <laughs> the it's Dark coming Knight. out. Maybe you just are re- referencing the trailer. I would. I'm. Did you? I, I don't know if I've talked to you about this. You just call me Doodoo? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what up, Doodoo? <laughs> that's such a. That's a black person's name in the 70s in New York <laughs> nickname. <laughs> Yo, look who it is in Doodoo. Well, you see me, me, me and Doodoo over there, we were uh, we were hanging out. Holy and, uh, shit. Let's go to Harlem and fucking call each other Doodoo in front of people. <laughs> it only works with one of us. That's fine. No, we'll all call each other Doodoo. Uh, it was me, Doodoo, JJ. Uh, anyway. And tell and if I'm doo-doo. like uh, afraid or I'm going to love that catching on. <laughs> <laughs> um... What do you think about that uh, new Joker trailer? I think it looks cool. Great. Um, one of my favorite Great. comedians ever, Gary Goldman, is in the trailer. Oh, that's second. right. Yeah. Mark so, Maron's in it, too. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he plays the Joker's uh, hair. <laughs> I thought, um, I thought uh, Stan Lee's cameo in Endgame was Mark Maron. Honestly, it looks like him. <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of. Um, but yeah, I, I think that movie looks awesome. I can't wait to see it. I when is that? Agree. October? No. Um, I don't it's even this know. year, right? It yeah. is this year. It's going to be an IMAX too. Oh man, yeah. which I'm very pumped on. Uh, yeah, but anyway, so my number three is from the Dark Knight as well. It is a Joker scene, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but it is uh, the interrogation scene. Mm. Oh, so good. This was real close to being on mine. Uh, the reason why I like this uh, scene so much is he I'm, <laughs> he kind of like establishes the world, right? He, that's his whole explanation to Batman is that the world has changed, and now this is what it is going to be. Um, and the thing about every one of his scenes, kind of to your point earlier, is he he, he makes logical sense. It's hard to argue with his point. He's not wrong. He's not like a. These aren't the ravings of a madman. I mean, they are, but but I mean, it it makes some sense. There, you could understand why some people be like, no, yeah, he's he's got a point. That's like why people think Thanos is right. Right. Yeah. I remember um, my friend Jared, uh, he's also a, a big Batman guy. Um, I remember him a long time ago. How's he fit in that suit? <laughs> he needs help zipping it up. But hey. Other than that, it's fine. Um, but he, I remember him talking uh, about this movie a long time ago, probably around when it came out, saying that like um, there was a, I don't know if you would call it a theory, but the idea of the Joker not being insane, but super sane, which I think uh, okay. is like, it you know it makes sense like he he is saying uh crazy things but they actually make a lot of sense you know yeah. what I mean? super sane yeah uh <laughs> yeah but this scene is uh it's awesome and so here's a little clip from it i'm gonna need a cup of coffee ah, the good cop bad cop routine ah his voice oh, yeah. is so good yeah and this so fucking cool. Never start with the head. The victim gets all fuzzy. He can't feel the neck. <laughs> See? You want me. I'm gonna pause real quick. If you punch my hand like that, I think I could take a punch from absolutely anybody you know and it would not hurt. You know what's so weird? I was thinking about this yesterday. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I was just like rubbing my hand with my other hand and just feeling like the meat in the middle of it and I feel like anything could smash my hand and it wouldn't hurt right <laughs> so he punches his hand and i'm every if i had one criticism about this movie it's that right there i'm just like he punches his hand and he's just like 
Mm, that's better. Yeah, he should have stabbed a battering through it or something. Uh, anyway, continue, please. <laughs> Here I am. I wanted to see what you'd do. And you didn't disappoint. You let five people die. Then you let Dent take your place. Even to a guy like me, that's cold. Where's Dent? Those mob fools want you gone so they can get back to the way things were. But I know the truth. There's no going back. You've changed things. Forever. And why do you want to kill me? <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? Go back to ripping off mob dealers? No, no. No. No, you. You complete. Me. You're garbage. You kills for money. Don't talk like one of them. You're not. Even if you'd like to be. To them, you're just a freak. Like me. They need you right now. But when they don't, they'll cast you out. Like a leper. <laughs> See, they're morals. They're code. I always think of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer when he it's says a bad that. joke. What? Yeah. Like a leper. <laughs> Batman the cast out freak show. Like a leper. Um, this movie is just a gift after a gift. Mm -hmm. uh, again, going back to seeing it in IMAX, the best theater in the world. Um, just watching all of this stuff unfold and surprising you with stuff that you didn't know you wanted. Like that uh, interrogation scene when... Gordon leaves and turns the lights on and Batman was behind him the whole time and then slams his head off the table. It's like, this movie is just, it can't get any fucking better. Mm. Uh -huh, I can't, uh -huh, I can't uh -huh. say anything else. It's it's too fucking good. I know. I've never seen a movie more than this yeah. in the theater. Same. Uh, mm. I think that, this, and, this and Borat. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great film too. <laughs> it really is. Um, yeah, but that's that's my number. Number three, DJ number two. Uh, my number two is uh, Dr. Evil's monologue uh, from uh, his therapy session in Austin Powers. This is on my list. It got knocked off, though. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a bummer. But hey, at least we still get to talk about it. That's true. Uh, when I think of movie monologues, I think of this one and my number one mm. right away. Um, <clears throat> oh, God. But it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think this movie's underrated. Oh, I can't fucking get enough of Austin Powers at all. It yeah. So, um, these films are great. Kevin Weaver, uh, of his million suggestions, a fun butt. Yep. Um, one of one of them was Austin Powers moments, which would be really. Fun oh to really? Do. Yeah. We could do that. I wouldn't mind fucking having to do a little research by rewatching the movies. Yeah, I don't really remember the last one. Yeah, it, I I think they get uh, they go down. Yeah, number the first ones easily. It's far and away the best one. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, so here's a little clip. <laughs> Actually, the boy's quite astute. I really am trying to kill him, but so far unsuccessfully. He's quite wily like his old man. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Okay. Well, we've heard from you, Scott, Fisher? now. Uh, yeah. oh, you shit. tell us a little about yourself. The details of my life are quite inconsequential. <laughs> oh, no, please, please. Let, let's hear about your childhood. Yeah, okay. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Very well. Where do I begin? My father was a relentlessly self-improving boulangerie owner from Belgium with low-grade narcolepsy and a penchant for buggery. Penchant. 
My mother was a 15-year-old French prostitute named Chloe with webbed feet. My father would womanize, he would drink, he would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark. <laughs> Sometimes he would accuse chestnuts of being lazy. That's so fucking the funny. The sort of general malaise that only the genius possess and the insane lament. My childhood was typical. Summers in Rangoon, luge lessons. In the spring, we'd make meat helmets. When I was insolent, I was placed in a burlap bag and beaten with reeds. Pretty standard, really. At the age of 12, I received my first scribe. At the age of 14, as a roastery named Vilma, ritualistically shaved my testicles. At the age of 18, I went off to evil medical school. At the age of 25, I took up tap dancing. I wanted to be a quadruple threat, an actor, a dancer. You know, we have to stop. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Doesn't he say something, nothing beats a shorn scrotum at some point? Uh, I could be wrong. Maybe. I mean, it's also YouTube. They could have like cut out something. <clears throat> oh, God. And then fucking, he says the weirdest shit. Yeah. It's quintessential Mike Myers. Claiming sure. chestnuts are lazy. <laughs> yeah. So well, funny. When I think of that scene, I always think of the, uh, he would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark. That's so funny. <laughs> that is really funny. Yeah, that, this came off my list. Dude, I have 16 fucking things on my list. Holy and shit. And I had to fucking like, uh, Man. I had to fight with it. Um, All right, Fro, what's your number two? <clears throat> All right. So my number two comes from another Quentin Tarantino movie. Uh, I think he actually just produce this i don't think he actually wrote it uh but this is from from dust till dawn oh fuck yeah. uh, i haven't seen it ah oh, dude you are just a fucker <laughs> it's such a good horror movie so you should see this you're, you're the, the thing is is somebody told me the ending and i've never wanted to watch it since yeah, whatever it's still worth dumb seeing. yeah it's so fucking fun it's so good uh but this is a uh, cheech marin scene uh all kinds of pussy cool okay why, why do you like it uh because it's because I was a kid when I saw it, and I was like, this is funny. <laughs> and um, it's still funny to me today, and I just love how Cheech is just rattling this shit off, no problem. I bought a uh, uh, Titty Twister uh, t-shirt oh, at, really? uh, at Rock and Chalk a couple years ago. I can't remember if I... Whoa, oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, rude. Um, I don't remember it's if like I It's like the Oscars, playing you off. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if I held on to it or not, uh, <laughs> because it's hard to wear, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, out in public and shit, so... Nice shirt, dude. Yeah, but uh, that's the name of the bar for anyone yeah, who's never seen it. <laughs> yeah, they're playing some loud rock and roll music right now. But if they're if they're introducing the, uh, the the strip club that they're going to in Mexico, uh, and it's like flames everywhere. Titty twister, nice. Uh, all right, here it is. All right, it's gonna pop up in a moment. It's a hell of a club. I would kill to go to this place. Chicken pussy, come on, you want pussy? Come on in, pussy lovers. If we don't got it, you don't want it. Come on in, pussy lovers. 
this all, that always killed me, and that's the things that I like fucking quote constantly by myself because it's so funny to me. I love the idea of that as a monologue. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like, okay. I'm Cheech Marin reading for the part of bar owner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It always stuck in my head as a kid uh, because. I never heard the word pussy thrown out so much when I was 12. Yeah. Uh, so it, it always stuck in my head. And when I think of this movie, this is like the first thing of dialogue that pops in my head. When he says smelly pussy and waves his fingers uh, oh, across yeah, his nose. <laughs> so gross. It's so gross, but it's so funny. And it's Cheech Marin, so his yeah. voice is like so... His I think he has such an iconic voice. Yeah. So it's like, it just works so well with his voice in there. Yeah. I love this movie so much. <clears throat> this movie's so good. Um... The other best theater in the world, uh, Coolidge Corner, showed this uh, a couple years ago, and I took my fiance and um, our friend Brian, who had never seen it before, and we saw it at midnight. Nice. I think BWK was there, too. Um, I can't remember, but uh, I hope he was. But uh, it was... Like I think they had like Tarantino month and it was just like the most oh, fun. Ever. I'm a little bummed that I missed that. Oh man! From now on, I'll just keep you in mind for uh, cool, uh, cool corner stuff. Please do. I'm always but, looking at the list. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I like that movie is uh, incredible. Uh, I remember being a kid, and sorry if I'm spoiling for anyone who hasn't seen it, but when I was a kid, the part where uh, the brother gets attacked, yep. fucking disturbed me. Yeah, Devastating. It, I was like so bothered by it for a very long time. Right. Uh, and uh, also Cheech playing multiple characters in this. Yeah. Uh, and him later on. Yeah, he's like he that guy in The Wizard of Oz yeah, who just like pops up everywhere as a different character. Uh, but when he's like, he's the one that shows up to get the money or whatever and uh, George Clooney's like, what the fuck was going on? There's people fucking exploding. Yeah. Oh, are they psychos? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't give a fuck how crazy they are. <laughs> that line is so funny. And yeah. just, what are they, psychos? Yeah, it's probably the best uh, George Clooney has ever been. Yeah, definitely. Ah, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, pussy. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> Okie dokie. Okie dokie. All right, my number two. Um, this is a very famous monologue um, from a movie. Gone with the wind. Gone with the wind. The whole the whole movie. It's just one <laughs> one person's lines from one movie. Uh, no, it's Matt, the, who's starting uh, Gone with the wind? Um, I don't know. Just check. That's it. a DJ question. I think it was Clark Gable. Yeah, it was. Don't ask me that shit, yo. <laughs> Ingrid Bergman, I think. See, see what I mean? I wouldn't answer that at all. I would have been like, ah, Burt Reynolds. I thought he was. I thought that's a director. I cool. could be wrong. That's Ingmar Bergman. Ah, uh, it's yeah. close. Stupid. I, th- idiot. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. I think it. I think you are right. Uh, my number two is the opening scene from Alec Baldwin and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Uh, okay. I love this speech so much. And you haven't seen fucking Pulp Fiction. <laughs> You haven't seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? No. <laughs> Neither of you? No. You're fucking questioning that? Listen, Are it's... Are you fucking kidding me? You've never seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. <laughs> it's a classic. It's so good. Uh, the whole speech is... So if you don't know what... Do you know what it's Glenn... an eight-minute speech? And it's awesome. So this is about two guys named Glenn, another guy named Gary, and another guy <laughs> named Ross? Yeah, and they go on a road trip where they find the love of each of them. Whoa! <laughs> Which is a, I'll have to figure that one out. Uh, but the so this movie is about. Uh, oh, you know, DJ, you know, yes, baby, you know what you would like from this movie? The character Gil is based off of a character from this movie from the. Oh, Simpsons. really? Yeah, it's a direct pull from. I'll, I'll show. Is you. that the down and luck salesman? Yeah, huh. that's it, that's an exact trope from this film. Glenn Gary, Glenn Gil Ross. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so this movie is about 
uh, it all takes place on like one night essentially. And all these salesmen have things to do, but they have to um, generate these sales. Essentially this movie opens up with Alec Baldwin coming down. He's a big success with this uh, Mm -hmm. sales firm. And he comes down and gives him like this talk, but he's super, he's hyper aggressive about it. Like a, like an old school salesman. Um, but man, I, I love it. I love this speech so much. I, I like reference it in my life as far like when I want to get shit done. Yeah. I just like think about this speech cause it's like, it's brutally, it's just, you know what, you know why I like it? Because, um, I can relate to the, like the hyper aggressive nature of like wanting to be successful. Um, and I just, I just like it so, so, so much. Hmm. Surprised you don't have a Gordon Gecko monologue. Also, uh, it's Vivian Lee in Gone with the Wind. Ah, Vivian That's Lee. That's the actress's name. Yes. Okay. There is an Ingrid. Bergman yeah, she's in order. different movies, okay. but I just, I feel like there might have been someone listening, and be like, No, it's Vivian Lee. Fucking idiot. Yeah. This <laughs> is a, is a this is a guy Gil. That's Gil. Yeah. Was that Jack Lemmon? I, yeah, I believe so. The woman in white plains on the hook. Five units, Mountain View, what happened, she... No, it's also, she um... check with a lawyer. Yeah. Let her check with a lawyer? What'd I do? Sorry. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? Who's the guy? We don't need to get this. Let me just jump ahead a second, because uh, Alec, Alec comes in a, bit, a little bit later. Um, having uh, Gil being based off of uh, Jack Lemmon makes so much sense now. Oh, there you go. Uh, but anyway, it continues on. Let me have your attention for a moment. Because you're talking about what? You're talking about... Bitching about that sale you shot. Some son of a bitch don't want to buy land. Somebody don't want what you're selling. Some broad you're trying to screw, so forth. Let's talk about something important. Are they all here? All but one. Well, I'm going anyway. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. <laughs> you think I'm fucking with you? I am not fucking with you. I'm here from downtown. I'm here from Mitch and Murray. And I'm here on a mission of mercy. Your name's Levine. You call yourself a salesman, you son of a bitch? I don't gotta listen to this shit. You certainly don't, pal. Because the good news is you're fired. The bad news is you've got all you've got just one week to regain your job, starting with tonight. Starting with tonight's sit. Oh, have I got your attention now? Good. Because we're adding a little something to this month's sales contest. As you all know, first prize is a Cadillac Eldorado. Anybody want to see second prize? Second prize is a set of steak knives. Third prize is you're fired. You get the picture? I fucking love this thing so you're much. You're laughing now? I just want to get to one part that's coming up. You got leads. Mitch and Murray paid good money. Get their names to sell them. You can't close the leads you're given. You can't close shit. You are shit. Hit the bricks, pal, and beat it, because you are going out. The leads are weak. The leads are weak. The fucking leads are weak. You're weak. 
I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> you know why, mister? Because you drove a Hyundai to get here tonight. I drove an $80,000 BMW. That's my name. That's a great line, though. Oh, this yeah. whole What's thing's full of great lines. Fuck you. <laughs> um, I'm going to do that when I go to the uh, DMV next time. Uh, your name? <laughs> fuck you. Okay, fuck you. I drove you an $80,000 BMW. <laughs> um, but the, the scene goes on, and it's it's just brutal. There's another great line in there. He's like, uh, um, he's like, you got problems? Go home. Tell them to your wife. He's like, good father. Fuck you. Go home. Play with your kids. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it's uh, a real uh, who's who in that scene, too. Yeah, there really, really is. Um, you're better with actors' names. Who's yeah. in that Who's in that scene? Uh, Alec Baldwin, yeah. Jack, Jack Lemmon. Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey, Alan Arkin, and Ed Harris. Yeah, Ed Harris. That's the one I, yeah. I, I get never... For milk money. No, I was just going to say milk money. It looked like boobs. But yeah, if, you, <laughs> if you've never seen Glengarry Glenn Ross, um, it's a really, really good film. And if you haven't seen Milk Money. If you haven't seen Milk Money, it's a good yeah. film. I Fil- think that's streaming now. Top five Ed Harris uh, appearances. Ugh. <laughs> uh, but that's my number two. Uh, if you like the show, support the show, go to Facebook.com and join the Make Fun Network. There you can participate in offering us uh, potential show ideas, which has kind of been happening a lot recently. And... As Fro responded, we're always taking ideas for shows, everybody. We're uh, 200 and you know, almost 70 episodes into this bad boy. We've yeah. repeated a show like two or three times. Uh, <laughs> we can't think of them all. No. It's, Damn well can't think of them all. Hell no. But uh, yeah, go to makefun.network if you want to uh, participate in that. Also, go to t- follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the top five of death. And if you want to write a death on how you died listening to the show, send that death to top five of death at gmail.com. Always the number five. And also, please leave us a five star review on iTunes. It certainly helps get the show noticed. Now, DJ, what's your number one? My number one, as I've mentioned before, is what I think of when I think of movie l- monologues. And it is from Wayne's World 2. Oh, my God. And the character is Del Preston. And it's his uh, story about um, <laughs> trying to get M and M's for Ozzy Osbourne. I don't. I don't remember this one. It's uh, once I he- see once I see the yeah. scene, I'll be like, oh, okay. Which one is it? Uh, yeah, Ozzy story right there. Oh my god, <laughs> I love this so fucking much. Uh, all right. Now hold on. We got to listen to the jingle sessions real quick. With uh, you know what? No, I'm not giving him any fucking. <laughs> not giving him any fucking advertising on our show. They're not paying us dick. Uh, however, it is for an insurance company. That's what I will say. I uh, I won't say what it is, but it's nationwide. Uh, okay, here we go. <clears throat> there I am in Sri Lanka, formerly Ceylon, at three o'clock in the morning, looking for one thousand brown M and M's to fill a brandy glass. Or Ozzy wouldn't go on stage that night. So, Jeff Beck pops his head round the door and mentions there's a little sweet shop on the edge of town. So, we go. And it's closed. So there's me and Keith Moon and David Crosby breaking into this little sweet shop, right? Well, instead of a guard dog, they've got this bloody great big Bengal tiger. <laughs> well, I managed to take out the tiger with a can of mace. But the shop owner and his son, that's a different story altogether. I had to beat them to death with their own shoes. <laughs> Nasty business, really. But sure enough, I got the M&Ms and Ozzy went on stage and did a great show. Great show. <laughs> Fucking Who's, who is that? Me. Um, 
I forget his name, but he <clears throat> popped up recently. I think it was in like one of the new Mission Impossible movies. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it was something new. That's uh, funny. Uh, yeah, I'll look him up real quick. Um, but he, like that character is so fucking funny. He's just basically a roadie from like the 70s and 80s. And uh, they recruit him to help them <laughs> to, with Waynestock. Yeah. And uh, he tells the most <laughs> ridiculous stories. Uh, there's one scene where he's like, uh, he's telling stories about Woodstock, and he's like, I was going to say something else, but I can't remember. I just forgot it just now. <laughs> like, it just stops dead in his tracks right there. Uh, I love the fucking roadie training in that movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pulling down microphone stands from the side and fucking trying to run out and yeah. lift it back up real quick. And they have like the model stage, and then like he pulls out like two sets of uh, sandbags, and on e- either side is people with like machine guns. And he's like, <sighs> these babies tend to heat up. <laughs> <laughs> what's better wayne's world one or wayne's world two um man that's tough i would probably i guess off the top of my head if i had an answer now it'd be one but it's so close chris farley's in both of them so his character is he in the first yeah, yeah. He, he's like the security guard out, out back who's telling him where frankie sharp's limit oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Back through chicago yeah <clears throat> on his way to detroit uh yeah that's a great one fro what's your number one uh my number one uh good segue from what you just talked about is actually chris farley uh in tommy boy the brake pad sales pitch oh so good okay you think i just have it queued up right away yeah well i don't because i can't read your mind so why do you like it uh (laughs) because it is so fucking funny this is chris farley i think at his best uh it is chris farley uh like when you think of chris farley this is the scene uh disheveled uh crazy just bonkers uh when it, this as a kid this is the fucking first thing i think of this movie that was it right at is, it, is this one yep okay this is the tommy boy scene all right ads are really cool <laughs> you're not even gonna believe it like um <laughs> Let's say you're driving along the road with your family, and you're driving along, la la la, woo. And then all of a sudden, there's a truck tire in the middle of the road, and you hit the brakes. Whoa, that was close. <laughs> now let's see what happens when you're driving with the other guy's brake pads. You're driving along, you're driving along, and all of a sudden, the kids are yelling from the back seat, I gotta go to the bathroom, Daddy. Not now, damn it. Truck tire. I can't stop! Ah, help! There's a cliff! Ah, and your family screaming, Oh my God, we're burning alive! No, I can't feel my legs! In comes a meat wagon! And the medic gets out and says, Oh my God! New guy's in the corner puking his guts out! All because you want to save a couple extra pennies. <laughs> to me, it doesn't get out. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty quintessential Chris Farley. Yeah. God, he's the best. Absolutely. Uh, I love that he gets cut off at the end. <laughs> yeah. Just because you wanted to save yeah. a couple bucks. And David Spade just playing the straight man in that scene is so good. Just trying to get him to fucking settle down. And Chris Farley is in his childish ways. And he just, he's on his fucking path. He's going down that forest and you're, you're not steering him out of it fucking he tries to reach for the uh chris farley's fucking around with that toy car and david spade grabs his arm and he brushes him off so fast (laughs) uh i mean there's so many fucking good scenes in this uh but this is the i think greatest monologues to me yeah it's just he's so good doesn't he say after this he's like do you validate (laughs) yeah yeah uh is it that one yes it is yeah Yeah, get just uh, get out (laughs) yeah (laughs) i uh well i don't know if I don't want to spoil Mass Number One if it's 
by any chance uh, related to this? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. But uh, <laughs> if it is, I I can't put it together. Yeah. The uh, the other monologue in this movie of why he sucks as a salesman when he's trying to get chicken wings. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm actually surprised it yeah. didn't show up. And he was like, <laughs> that was the other one I was toying with that or yeah. this. Uh, you know, Tommy likey. Tommy want yeah. wings. Oh yeah, I got that hoodie. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, him just like, man, you're sick. Yeah. <laughs> you look like a Helen. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's fucking. He's just squeezing the fuck yeah. out of that bread. <laughs> God, so I miss. Good. I miss Chris Farley. Yeah, me I'm too. curious what he would be like nowadays. If he would still be funny, I don't know. If man. he'd be like Kevin James, is like get him the fuck away from I don't anything. Think he'd be like no. Kevin James. I just, no. I just picked somebody. You know, the big yeah. guy now. But um, no, I have no idea. But that's a that's a great pick. Would he be skinny now? No. You don't think so? No. I feel like that's like just I, the thing. It's easy. I think he would have lost weight, but I don't think he would have been skinny. Like I think Horatio said, well, he's not skinny, but you know, he's way smaller than what he was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. My number one. Huh. Can huh. you can you guess what it's from? Uh, I'm gonna say it's it's a Marvel one. Thanos, maybe. DJ, your guess. Uh, I'm trying to uh, rack my brain of. I have men- like. I'll put it this way. I've mentioned this before. Um. Today. No, it's one of my all-time like favorite scenes of anything. I don't know. I'll say, <clears throat> just for the sake of time, I'll just say Mrs. Voorhees' speech. No, it's a good one, though. That is a good one. Yeah. That would have been a good pick. No, it's uh, it's uh, Robin Williams from Goodwill Hunting. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's- How you like these apples? Yeah, that line he said. <laughs> um, no, it's the, uh, it's the scene when um, he meets with uh, Will in the park. Yep. Um, and he's like, well, Bobo had that motor that you drive him down in And he comes over here and he's like, hey, I don't know. And I'm like, oh, hey. Yeah. And then he goes, he wraps up with, nanu, nanu. Yeah. I don't know, brother. That's why I don't these people. All right. Uh, no, it's a scene when um, it's after, um, it's the second time that he meets with Will after Will's kind of gone through all of the other, uh, you know, therapists and things like that. And he gives us like really like, I love Robin Williams comedically, and but man, I love him when he's dramatic. Oh yeah, we had a whole episode about him. We did because he's oh god, goodness gracious! Did you really? Yeah, when he when he passed away, we had top five Robin Williams uh, memories or oh, moments. Shit. Uh, this, this was actually probably on there. It might have been. Like, there's no way it couldn't have been for me. Um, but anyway, this is a scene, and oh god, like it it makes me cry every time. So Oof. if I cry, don't call me. Don't, don't call me a name. Actually, I won't cry till the end anyway. I'm going to uh, tell you a milk sop if you cry. Okay. <laughs> this is really nice. You got a thing for swans? Is this like a fetish? It's something like maybe we need to devote some time to. I thought about what you said to me the other day about my painting. Huh. I stayed up half the night thinking about it. Something occurred to me. I fell into a deep, peaceful sleep and I haven't thought about you since. You know what occurred to me? Oh, you're just a kid. You don't have the faintest idea of what you're talking about. Why, thank you. It's all right. You've never been out of Boston. Nope. So if I asked you about art, you'd probably give me the skinny on every art book ever written. Michelangelo. You know a lot about him. Life's work, political aspirations, him and the Pope. Sexual orientation, the whole works, right? I bet you can't tell me what it smells like in the Sistine Chapel. 
You've never actually stood there and looked up at that beautiful ceiling. Seen that. If I ask you about women, you'd probably give me a silver, say your personal favorites. You may have even been laid a few times. You can't tell me what it feels like to wake up next to a woman and feel truly happy. You're a tough kid. I ask you about war, you'd probably uh, throw Shakespeare at me, right? Once more into the breach, dear friends. But you've never been near one. You've never held your best friend's head in your lap and watch him gasp his last breath looking to you for help. I ask you about love, probably quote me a sonnet. But you've never looked at a woman and been totally vulnerable. Known someone that could level you with her eyes. Feeling like God put an angel on earth just for you. Who could rescue you from the depths of hell. And you wouldn't know what it's like to be her angel. To have that love for her be there forever. Through anything through cancer and you would know about sleeping sitting up in a hospital room for two months holding her hand because the doctors could see in your eyes that the terms visiting hours don't apply to you you don't know about real loss because that only occurs when you love something more than you love yourself oh god so good Are you crying right now no pussy um milk sop <laughs> milk sop but yeah it's my favorite um monologue for sure from from anything uh it's just like i said i love dramatic uh, robin williams this is like peak dramatic robin williams did he win an oscar for this yeah he did yeah he damn well better have or i will go back in time i could have watched that speech for an hour i know i would just i would have listened to him talk forever yeah um but it's uh, i I love that movie i think it's so good have you seen the movie for all yeah oh okay it's been a while but i have seen it yeah, I can't. Re- I can't remember everything about it. Uh, but yeah, he was really good in um, Patch Adams too. In that that movie is really sad. Uh, and then I found out that it isn't entirely true. Like, there's a scene. There's a big part of the movie where his love interest like dies, and I was like, you know, it fucking crushes me. And then I looked up the real Patch Adams, and that never happened. <laughs> She's very much alive. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you imagine they were like, we're going to make this movie based on your life. Uh, cool. And they read to the script. Yeah. And it's like, oh, by the way, your wife's going to die. <laughs> yeah. I like to think that uh, they're like, all right, so we're going to make this movie about your life. And he's like, good, kill my wife. <laughs> good. <laughs> God. They must have been in a fight or something that day. I'm surprised uh, there wasn't uh, any Marvel stuff on yours. Yeah, well, I mean, let it sink in for a little longer, you know? Yeah, I figured this, yeah. like, this kind of happened because of how good Thanos was in Endgame. I mean, he was great, but like I said, I, I let I, if it sinks in a little longer, maybe I'll I'll add it to my list someday. I was thinking the no strings on me, Ultron speech. <laughs> That's also a good one. Uh, let's go to the fun butts and see what they got to say. So let's read through these pretty quick because there's a lot of them. Uh, George Cipperoni says number five, battle speech in Army of Darkness. Number four, the priest in the gra- uh, in graveyard scene in Dead Alive. Number three, Al Pacino in Donnie Brasco. Number two, Long Shanks in Braveheart. And number one, Carpool over in a bad over in Bad Lieutenant. I don't know what that one is. <coughs> carpool over in Bad Lieutenant. He also says, hope these are monologues. <laughs> well, I don't know most of them, so. Uh, 
All right, Dr. Dr. Dan Chapman, Independence Day speech. You know the one. So good. Number four, Mighty Ducks, Ducks Fly Together. Number three, The Muppet Movie, when ah. Kermit defends the Muppets before uh, he is almost shot. That's a great one. <laughs> Number two, uh, Endgame, Captain America speech. There you go. Number one, Network, Bad as Hell and Not Going to Take It Anymore. I don't yeah. know that one at all. I never that, saw The Network. That's like one of the most famous monologues ever. Huh. Wait, what's The Network? Uh, net- network is, um, I think it's Peter Finch. I don't know. It's Peter something. I don't know. Dinklage. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a movie from the 70s about... Um, I was thinking Social Network. I oh, was okay, thinking it was no. that. Okay, never mind. Wrong. Uh, Patrick Latzel, uh too many to choose from. So here's the first ones that come to mind. Number five, Goodfellas. As far back as I can remember, I've always wanted to be a gangster. That is a good one. Mm. Number four, Kill Bill 2. Bill's Superman vs. Spider-Man speech at the end. That's a good one. That is a good one. Number three, Inglorious Bastards. The Jew Hunter's creepy speech in the opening scene. Yep, best scene in the movie. Number two, Unbreakable. Mr. Glass on being the villain. Oh, that's it. That is a good speech. Uh, number one, Rocky Balboa. Balboa's speech to his son about getting hit and getting back up. Ugh. Ugh. Those movies are actually really fucking good. Yeah, John Weaver, number five, Bill Murray, Ghostbusters. How about the one uh, with, uh, I'm wrong, nothing happens, we go to jail peacefully, quietly. We'll enjoy it. Uh, number four, Henry Fonda, 12 Angry Men. It's always difficult to keep personal prejudice out of a case like this. Number three, uh, Donald Pleasance in Halloween. Yep. I met him 15 years ago. I was told there was nothing left. Number two, Jeff Goldblum, Jurassic Park. I'll tell you the problem with the with scientific power that you're using here. It didn't require any discipline to attain it. Number one, Robert Robert Shaw Jaws, Japanese submarine slammed two torpedoes into our side, Chief. Bill Nalen, number five, Kingsman, the monologue preceding the fight in the church. Number four, Mars Attacks, Jack Nicholson as the president. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> number three the gambler fuck you speech number two independence day number one secondhand lions who am i who i am speech what the hell's that movie <laughs> uh i think Haley joel osmond's in it that's true weird uh tom Knowlton craig two faces opening monologue uh to uh to the guard in batman forever oh yeah it's i like all, that one. Oh yeah it's all luck number four brad pitt in the beginning of inglorious bastards telling his unit uh what they will be doing under his command i want my scalps number three mel gibson's primary monologue from braveheart they cannot take our freedom Will Smith, uh, number two, Will Smith dr- describing what he does in the very beginning of the movie Hitch. Any guy can get a girl in the world. He just needs the right move. <laughs> okay, number one, Samuel L. Jackson in Hateful Eight telling the tale of Hell the yeah. guy who tried to hunt him down. Starting to see some pictures, ain't you? Oh, yeah. Have you seen that one, Matt? I have not. Uh, oh, I wasn't going to read this, but it mentioned something. Honorary mention to, technic- uh, to technically not a monologue, but Alec Baldwin and Glen Ga- Glengarry Glenn Ross the very beginning who are you fuck you that's who cadillacs are for closers that's a, that's a eight minute scene it, he probably has seven and a half minutes of it yeah uh ryan brown number five today we celebrate our independence day you president missed, whitmore skipped, uh, mitch mint by the way yeah i didn't skip him i'm saving him for last oh okay um it's not true i skipped him uh <laughs> number five the final us uh, from mitch mint uh the freshest fun butt Number five, the final speech from the great dictator. So good. Number four, the salesman speech from Sin City. Also really good. Number three, Rorschach's introductory monologue from Watchmen. That's a good one, too. Number two, the introductory uh, alliteration speech repeated viewers from V from Vendetta. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that. Number one, teardrops in the rain from Blade Runner. Never saw <clears> that one. Okay. Brian Brown. Today, uh, number five, today we celebrate our Independence Day. President Whitmore, Independence Day. Number four, was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Bluto, Animal House. That's a good one. <laughs> Uh, Ezekiel twenty five seventeen Jules Pulp Fiction number two yeah. you can't handle the truth Colonel Jessup a few good men number one Circle of Life Mufasa the That's Lion King that was a good one too uh, Daniel Sepultura number five Stand in the Liver all we need is uh, Ghana's 
Okay. Uh, no free rides, no excuses. You already have two strikes against you because of your name and completion. Uh, number four, 500 days of summer. I quit. Uh, I say hell. I say to hell with it. Ain't love grand. What does it mean? Do you know? What's the slope? Ah, whatever. Number three, Liam Neeson. Uh, taken. I will find you. That was a good one, too. Number two, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, what did uh, you see, Clarice? Monologue. Number one, The Dark Knight. How I got these scars. The joke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dave Roldan, number five, The Incredibles, when Syndrome uh, realizes he's been monologuing. Number four, opening scene of The Godfather, I believe, in America. Number three, opening monologue for, of adaptation. Do I have an original thought in my head? My bald head. Number two, uh, Pulp Fiction, Christopher Walken, The Watch. Not the only scene I've seen. Number one, Pulp Fiction, Sam Jackson, ending monologue. There you go. Uh, Stephen North, uh, <laughs> one through five, all the iTunes reviews. That's right. He is doing his job making sure that I remind you to please give us five-star iTunes reviews. That was a good way to make me do it. Uh, you already said it. Yeah, but I normally forget. Uh, Matt Wood, number five, Gangs of New York, Bill the Butchers. That's what uh, perseveres the order of things. Fear. Great, great movie. That's a great movie. Number five, Snatch, Bricktop, Definition of Nemesis. Number three, Infinity War, Thanos. Fun isn't something one considers when balancing the universe. Number two, Caddyshack, Carl Spackler. That's good. Uh, a Cinderella story. Number one, Jaws, Quint, USS Indianapolis. Yep, there you go. Matt Reynolds. Uh, I don't have time for all five, but my number one by far is uh, the Bone Crusher soliloquy from Deadbeat at Dawn. Uh, if you love me, you'll watch it. Okay. I, I, I'll watch it later, I guess. <laughs> uh, Cole Jensen, uh, the milkshake scene from There Will Be Blood. <laughs> mm, I drink your milkshake. <laughs> Four, the I Like Me scene from Planes, Trains, and... Oh, my God. That one fucking... That's a tearjerker, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, way to bring me down. Number three, Jeff Goldblum's monologue from Jurassic Park about finding a way. Number two, Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction. Number one, Brad Pitt in the beginning of Inglorious Bastards. Fucking goosebumps every time. Cole Jensen, again. I think you just double-clicked. Okay, Charles F. McDonald, number five, up in the air. What's in your backpack? Number four, Avengers Endgame, the fight of our lives. Number three, Rubber, no reason. Uh, It is the intro to the film. Wait, the fucking, the tire movie? I guess so. Weird. Uh, number two Avengers Infinity War Thanos opening speech uh, the famous dread it run from it destiny still arrives speech oh yeah Mabity Ma yeah number one Lord of the Wrongs (laughs) 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 oh two towers (laughs) Sam Wise's uh, monologue at the end Uh, there's some good in this world and it's worth fighting for Uh, Matt Patterson number five training day King Kong ain't got nothing on me speech number four the the big Lebowski Donnie's funeral eulogy number three Glenn Gary Glenn Ross coffee is for closer speech number two the Goonies wishing well speech Rocky Balboa speech to his son Um, Charles F. McDonald also future episode idea best movie lines okay I think we all know what my number one would be Uh, number uh, Harry Williams uh, Harry Williams Pino's Euros longest name fun butt uh, number five, Taken, don't know who you are. Number four, Kill Bill, the Superman speech. Number three, Pulp Fiction, Ezekiel Jules. Number two, The Matrix, Morpheus explains to Neo and offers the pills. Number one, Taxi Driver, you talking to me. Well, hot diggity dog. Uh, we also just got uh, another, uh, actually a couple more, I think. Yep. Yeah, I saw some pop-ups. Yes, oh my God, it's a fucking sweet Lord. Are you commenting on this? This is the wrong one. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Uh, Bro, I think you might win because of all the uh, Ezekiel. I know. You might have a shot in here. Ah, yes. And one last one. Oh, (laughs) David Thomas. Robin Williams on the park bench in Goodwill Hunting. That's exactly my number one. At the buzzer. At the buzzer, David Thomas. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for joining us. DJ, thanks for being here. Hey, thank Uh, you. DJ, you are a great person. 
you're a great person. Yo, Dudu, thanks yeah. for coming, baby. Hey, Dudu in the house. <laughs> Bro, thanks for being here. Wow, it always shocks me when you thank me. Yeah, it's always a shock. But neither of you will be here next week. No, you nope. think you think BWK will be here? Yes. Oh. Uh, well, maybe he's back, but maybe he is back. If he knows that we aren't going to be here, he might not. But <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, someone will be here. Well, or you, got might... Amer- you got America's favorite guest host. Yeah, it'll be me and him talking about butts. Uh, anyway, thank you so much, and as always, smell you later.